No, you can't save I'm mad enough Smoking hella weed, I'm on the alcohol Shawty lick me clean away, she sucked me off I keep two O's in my bed, I got them turning up What would you do if you heard I got it going on? I had to burn, I left skirmers, I had to deal Gotta watch for 12, around my town, you might get killed I'm on my mind, yeah, I'm high by the rim You copin' live, boy, I got it all on film you gotta watch out where you rock it, shit get real Drink too real, I can't be fake, don't know the feel Gotta take a long drive up the hill Gang too heavy, moon like Navy Seals I'm too heavy, think I need a lift Chicago, baby, she just wanna drill The vibe's too heavy, it's too hard to kill Gotta watch out where you go, cause shit get real Can't say by Travis Scott and Don Tolliver. Why did I pick that song today? I don't know. I don't know. I can't say. Um, I'm really not sure. I just it, it was on my spirit. So I said, let me pick this song. Um, if you're clicking on this episode, you did not make a mistake. I promise you, you did not make a mistake. That is 47, specifically track 47. We have a very special episode for you guys today, man. We have a very, very special episode for you guys today. So I'm going to start it how I usually start it. I'm going to introduce myself. I am the big Kekavelli, mm. the notorious K-E-K, mm. Kex, 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 mm-hmm. Don Kex, <clears throat> Paul. No, because you didn't, you didn't mm that one. I was, I was just letting it breathe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, the, I, I was. Some would say I was rendered speechless, man. I was rendered speechless. <laughs> speechless. I was rendered speechless. Um, nah, because this week I'm Don Kex for real, man. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. no, nah, I fear. I see because because Don Julio, the drink you've been drinking, Don Julio, because you're clearly drunk. Clearly, yeah. clearly, you need to call your friends and get drunk. Like. <laughs> and that voice that you're hearing is none other than. The person who has never experienced taking a loss. Come on now. He only has experience taking learning experiences. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? A lot of you guys need to relate. A lot of you guys need to learn how to take learning experiences. Because mm-hmm. a lot of you guys don't know how to turn it into a learning experience. Thus you take else. And it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Because how mm-hmm. are you going to grow as a person? But that is a podcast. That is a podcast or a completely different podcast. Not this one. Probably the conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, Maybe, maybe one day. Um, but yeah, podcast P, let them know. Power to the people, back to the maintenance. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we gone rock like crack when it came in. Mm. It's me. Mm. It's me. Okay. It's podcast P. And we got you stuck off the realness. Yeah, yeah, we be the infamous. You heard of us. Real. Where are we going this week, bro? Chicago. Actually, <laughs> no, 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 because I have real magic reserve for that. Let's okay. Not- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's not do real, real H town murderers. Um, mm. They also have murderers in H town, but it's not that deep. We're, we're good in Houston. We got fans out there. What's up, Houston? Um, man, man, you can't say I'm mad or not. Smoking hella weed. I'm on the alcohol. Man, what a song. What a pick. Mm. What a pick. What a pick. It's crazy. It's still so crazy that neither has picked Don Tolliver in that draft. I I regret every single day. Every single day. Like, we, <laughs> we both sat there like, man, I know he's going to pick Don Tolliver with the next one. <laughs> so I'm not going to pick him. And then he, you just never picked him. And we had a free one to pick him at the end, just in it's case. Crazy. 
And we both went in a completely different direction. Just left him on the board. <laughs> a free agent. Ain't that crazy? Yo, if I could go back and change that, I would. I would. I would change my whole team, to be honest. Yeah, because you lost. Of, you lost. Barely, barely, barely. That's a barely. Barely, barely, barely. barely, barely. The votes weren't barely. <laughs> hey, listen, it's anyway, not that podcast. Anyway, welcome in. Welcome in once again. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to track 47 of the Two Stubborn Nigerians podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world right now, but you're here with us. That is insane. Um, mm. But we appreciate you. We appreciate you. You can leave now because I got my stream. But if you are going to stay with us, I really appreciate you, man. Um, thank you for joining us. As Kex said at the beginning, this is a big one. Mm. This is a big one. And I know we say that a lot. You know, if you go through the 46 previous episodes, I'm pretty sure we said that this is a big one on at least 43 of them. Because at least three of them weren't big. And some of them we exaggerated where they weren't big, but we said that they were big. Like 12 wasn't really big, but we said it was a big one. Do you know what I mean? 12 not big. What did we do for 12 again? Hot ones. That was a big episode. Come on, man. That was a big one. See, this is what I mean. 12 (laughs) was not big at all, but we're going to say it's a big one because we got up our brand. Um, but today is a big one. Today is a really it's got it's colossal. Mm. The shit getting colossal. That's a great future song. One of these days we're gonna talk about how future has the best discography in hip hop, but we're not gonna do that today. We're just gonna let that breathe. Okay. <laughs> just gonna let that breathe. People are gonna have to sit with that and do what they want to. Why is today a big one? I hear you asking, Kex. Why is today a big one, man? Because we're finally getting to it. Mm. If it, it, we have alluded to this so many times on this podcast, man. That from the jump when we started this podcast, we made a spreadsheet about future episodes to come. And one of the episodes that has been sat in the tuck, bubbling and waiting, was around one artist. And I've been wanting to pull it out numerous times. And Kex has stopped me multiple times. I said, nope, wait till that new album drops. I was like, but what if the new album never dropped? Nope, <laughs> wait till the album drops. Because you're not seeing the play, pool. Because when the album drops, we'll go and get one of our guys to come sit with us and we'll all speak about it. I'm like, man, you might have a point there. So I've been patiently waiting for this track to explode on mm. this time. Um, as you can already tell, I don't know why this guy acted like you can't tell. The track of the the, the title of this pod, pod is called Life of a Don. We're Whoa. talking about Don Tolliver's album. <laughs> Whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> oh, out of nowhere. <laughs> we're, we're talking about Don Tolliver's newest album, Life of a Don. And we are joined by someone who we go way, way back with. We've alluded to this so many times on recent podcasts on my show. Honored and delighted that he's taking the time to sit with us and break this album down. Um, some people know him, you know, the ones of us who went to St. Paul's is Mega Marks. <laughs> I call him Mr. X and Y because he was X and Y band. Mm. Um, X band's finest came over to Y band, made it what it was in those last few years. Um, Mr. Marco Palmieri, welcome to the Two Stubborn Nigerians podcast, my good friend. Uh, absolute, absolute pleasure to be here, boys. I've no. been listening to your voice since since the day dot, wow. since the day dot, and now I can't believe it's actually here. We've been talking about this for such a long time, and it's finally here. Come yeah, on, Don, come on, man, Don, Don kept us waiting. Otherwise, this would have happened a long time previously. But we we appreciate you being here. Um, for the people at home, uh, Marco, someone like I said, went to school with both of us, um, roaming those 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 St Paul's halls, um, made it through, survived that jungle because man. For man, real. what a place! For yeah, real, what a place! Really, real, really builds character that place. Um, <laughs> really does. But yeah, through that, and Marco, someone who um, graduated university with a journalism degree. And if you don't know, Marco has a 
amazing blog really and one of the people inspired me to write because i was like man i gotta get up to this guy's level um, oh no way man. and i'm you know one of those posts maybe one of those i'm shouted out maybe i don't know maybe like my name might be in there like uh this this was i started listening to this guy from my guy paul all i was like maybe maybe i'm in there i can't remember if that's the exact quote or not but um definitely check it out it will be in the description of this podcast as well um so you already know Marco comes with a wealth of knowledge because we wouldn't bring anyone else up here. And this is, we're, we're excited to have you, man. We're excited mm. to talk about this album because all three of us have kept, we, we were all like excited for this. We spoke about our excitement for this. But then since the album dropped, we kept it quiet yep. amongst each other. Which had been um, tough. Which yeah, has been very, very tough. It's been very tough. <laughs> been tough. But um, we're here today. How are you feeling today, man? How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm prepped. I'm ready. I've been... I've been, yeah, I haven't been able to talk about it really, but I've been I've been making notes, I've been doing the research, I've been going back, listening to it. Just I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it though. Enjoyed breaking mm. it down. Mm. Raheem, did you hear what you said? Making notes. Oh, relax, relax. See, this is the issue because I knew the second Marco was like, Oh, I'm gonna go find out, you know, what samples are used and everything. I'm like, why is he trying to steal my job? Hmm? Mm? He's trying to make this a competition, like <laughs> Yo, nah, I can't lie. This is I'm excited for today's episode, man. I'm super excited. I'm super, super excited. Especially like you just said it yourself, man. Just knowing that we're about to have this conversation with someone who is willing to go and put in that work and like loves music to that extent. To oh, let me go and do extra research. Let me not just not just what I'm hearing, but who produced this or going even deeper into it. That a lot of people don't go into that depth. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Definitely, definitely, definitely. But you know, before we really get into it, man, we gotta let the people. You know, the people know who we are. Mm. We've been doing this for over a year now, forty-seven pods. Um, we deep in the trenches out here. We mm. got, we gotta let the people know who you are, um, Marco. So we're gonna play a little game that we like to play here on the Two Stomach Nigerians podcast um, uh. from time to time. I'm gonna ask you some some simple, quick fire questions. You know, we're gonna try to get deep into the mm. essence of you. You know, try and find out what makes you tick, mm. um, what gets those gears turning in the morning. And, and yeah, just, just let the people at home in our 30 different markets um, know, know who you are and, and what your music knowledge levels are, what you, what you think about the, mm. this game that we call music. Sound mm. good? Yeah, it sounds perfect. Right, I'm going to throw it to my shooter over in the corner. Man, um, this is, a, is one that... We've had a lot of conversations about it on this podcast. Mm. Um, and I feel like it it helps it helps people get to know the type of person you are when it comes to listening to music. Simple mm. question. Simple question. And I need a quick answer. And that there, there is no right or wrong answer, but your answer will be judged accordingly. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> An album comes out tomorrow. You think the album is perfect. How many songs are on that album? <laughs> there's a right answer like don't let him lie to you there's a right answer bro 16 that's 16. crazy <laughs> 16 a longer album a longer no, album no, 16 16 right, but how how many minutes oh can't it can't be longer than like hour and 10 that's why listen listen like, i'm with you i'm with you like i think I'm... that that's like the sweet spot that's the sweet spot I'm with, see, certain people on this podcast want every album to be 10 minutes long. I don't know why, 
<laughs> other people want a full body of work that will last quite a, quite a while. <laughs> let me really digest, digest this. Let me know I'm eating. That's cool. Get cocky in it. We're two for two because Daniel said 30 minutes, just like me. <laughs> Marco's now said hour and 10. So that's fine. We're two for two. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Okay. Next question for you, man, from myself. So you're a Travis Scott fan, correct? Yeah, big Travis Scott fan. Big Mm. Travis Scott fan, big fan of his music. As am I, as as is my co-host. I just want to hear from you what you think Travis Scott's best song is. What's best songs? There's definitely a right answer to this, by the way. Oh, I don't know whether it's... For me, I don't know whether it's because of what it was like when I saw it live. So I saw it live at um, O2 Academy Brixton. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, I was there. The, I was there. I was there. <laughs> on the ground in the yeah. trenches. Yeah. Everyone was dressed for war. Yeah. There was one song which just, I felt like I transcended. And it was, it was encapsulated by one man who was, who was on someone's shoulders. He had a vest, headband, body paint on. Mm-hmm. And he was just chilling, smoking the biggest backwards. Mm-hmm. And that song was sweet, sweet. Mm. Mm. Some, something about that track just, it's just, it takes me to a different place. Mm. Sam was saying sweet. It's, it's a sweet, sweet it's place. Sweet <laughs> it's a sweet one. I'm not mad at that. That is a big truth. I'm not I, mad at it. It's the wrong answer, but I'm not mad at it. I'm I, not mad I, at it. I think that body work. That Birds album is just, like, start to finish, I think it's flawless. Unbelievable album. Like, I think I think Birds is so special, and I forgot to mention it when you played Can't Say, and I think it's good. I think Birds is so special, and maybe just Travis Scott has this quality as well. I remember, obviously, when Birds came out, I was in um, San Diego at the time, but I was on social media listening to it, and like, everyone was listening to that album at the exact same time. Mm. Like, it was one of those albums where you went on Twitter, and, like, as it went from like birds in the trap segment to the next song to the next yeah, song yeah, yeah, like yeah. everyone was following along at the same time it's like when like when tra- like when outside comes on and you're hearing 21 savage everyone's mm-hmm. reacting to that at the same time and it was the same for astro world when astro world dropped like oh. everyone it was like it's as if everyone hit can't say at the exact same moment of time yeah. and everyone's like yo who is this guy in the back <laughs> like going crazy and yeah. everyone's searching for don Tolliver's name at the exact same time like trying to figure out who this guy is like yeah that's it. I feel like Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight was the album where I was like, okay, Travis Scott is way bigger than I thought he was. So I thought it was underground up until that point. That's crazy. I feel like, okay, yeah, I know about I know about him, but if someone hands me the orcs now and I put on Travis Scott, I don't know if the whole car is about to vibe to this. That's crazy. But after after Birds in Trap Sing McKnight, I was like, okay, no, I can play Travis Scott whenever, wherever I want. No one's gonna say anything. Unless it's antidote. Antidote was always getting played. Have you seen mm. Travis Live? I haven't because oh. um, I'm not built for that. I'm not out of out of it's, body experience. Man. I think like I've been to a huge amount of concerts in my time. I mean, a lot of them weren't like sort of hip hop based, but in terms mm. of like creating an atmosphere and yep. like matching the crowd like down to a T, like the energy in the room was like unparalleled. Like I mm. couldn't couldn't describe it. I mean, we mm. waited like three hours for yep. it to come on. Um. Chase B was out there for like an hour and a half, just spinning up tracks. Yeah. But first song was "Look at Me." I was just yep. like, "Oh, that's what that's what we're here for. Like, that's what we're here for." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's our body experience because like that and like when I tell you he matches the energy like that wait time like the only person who's obviously made me wait longer for them to start is Kanye because Kanye made me wait like four hours. Mm. But like 
that wait time is worth it from the moment that nigga came onto the stage. There's a fucking eagle like statue, a huge, a huge eagle with <laughs> wings just flapping, and he just runs out like no, it just goes, and the energy is just on a hundred. <laughs> um, Marco, man, it's a question I always have to ask. I always have to ask it, man. Hip hop or R and B? Uh, for me, it's it's always been hip hop. I've got. I've got a love for R&B. Like, it's, it's just sort of like that sweet, like, nectar mm. that you listen to. But I just, I feel like I have to be in a certain, like, headspace to be sort of, just to get all the smoothness. <laughs> and just to breathe it all in. Like, mm. It's like breathing milk or honey or something. <laughs> <laughs> that sweet, that sweet nectar. <laughs> That's a breathing milk. Yo, let's end the whole podcast. Right? Yeah, let's, stop. Yeah, let's stop. Let's stop. Let's stop. Question for me. What has been your favorite album so far in 2021? Ooh. It can be, and it can be from all forms of music. We don't discriminate here. I don't know. It's a toss up, but for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like for almost like polar opposite reasons. Go for so it. If, so for pure like listenability and just sort of go it on repeat and it just sort of all glides together i think you know what i'm gonna say and it has to be vince staples by Mm. vince staples Mm. that that album just it just flows so nicely and it's so like i don't know just and that is one of the few occasions where like the shorter album like it's it can hit harder in some ways when it's shorter like if it's a short concise like incredibly well crafted uh, body music, regardless of how long it is. If if you can do that in what 23, 22 mm. minutes, mm. and it's what like an eight, nine track album, like like it's nice, unreal. But then to go to the other end of the spectrum, uh, call me if you get lost. Like <laughs> no. like. like there's a reason why it takes him so long to release music. And it's just because every song has infinite layers. Like it, no gap is missed in a Tyler the Creator album, especially mm-hmm. the especially the last three. But this one is like, it's just, oh, I don't know what it is, but sort of, because it brings like sort of very much R&B, funk, soul, like sort of inspirations, and then throws in DJ drama, to host it mm. i'm just like this shouldn't make sense but it's per- <laughs> like it's perfect and it's perfectly put together that's, yeah that's the thing he he doesn't make sense like as an artist he shouldn't mm. make sense like he shouldn't work as well as he does with everyone no i, I remember i remember being put on to tyler by my friends at school mm-hmm. back back when it they were big onto him way before i was um mm. But then sort of like it was just about when Goblin came out mm-hmm. um, and and you're hearing like Yonkers for the first time and you see in the music video and you're just like, what is this? Yeah. Like, who is this guy? Like, this guy's... It's something instantly switched. I was just like, what? Like, who is like... <laughs> and then to sort of his progression from there has just been crazy. Like, the, the fact that none of his albums sound anything alike Mm. Like Byron, maybe you could probably put Bastard and and Goblin into the same sort of mixing pot. Yeah. Mm. Um, but 
anything past Wolf, like that's where it just went off into a totally different, different lane. Yeah, like totally different. Like you can see where he's gone from going for sort of like the most sort of underground sort of scratchy beats to going into like things with horns and millions of different drums and like the most beautiful backing melodies and stuff. Yeah. It's just like he he paints pictures every time he makes music. Like mm. and this one was like it was the song for the summer, I think, in terms of what it sounded like, like what it was like being out in the sun or driving somewhere in the sun and you've got this amazing album playing. <laughs> and it's All just ah right. oh, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I think I think most people I most people who I know I can talk to about music have the same sort of story when it comes to Tyler the Creator, where it's like they heard about him, they heard Yonkers and were very confused when they saw the music video and then became true, true, massive fans around the time of Cherry Bomb and Flower Boy. And he'd just been on a run since, like, his music has been out of this world since. It's massive growth. growth. We we appreciate growth. Like, I remember the first time I heard Yonkers. I loved that track. Mm -hmm. I loved loved the video. I didn't Mm. like him. Like, I actively (laughs) disliked the guy. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't listen to him for years. It wasn't until I can't remember what song it was off Wolf that I heard that I was like, okay, let me give this guy a chance. And then Cherry Bomb dropped, and I was like, wow, I really like this. And then Flower Boy dropped, and I was like, what the fuck is this? What why why am I all of a sudden a Tyler the Creator fan? Like, what what is going on here? And I was like, okay, if he follows this up, then I'm a fan. And then he drops Igor, and I've had man. Yeah. I had to yeah. I had to apologize for all the years I was dissing that nigga because wow. <laughs> I remember, I think I think it was even you And you showed me Smuck- It was Smuckers mm-hmm. It was definitely Smuckers I was like, yo Is this that same guy who was throwing up um, Beatles mm-hmm. in his music video Alright, hold on, let me go back and listen And then it was when I heard Effing Young And I was like, this content should be something That won- makes me want to sing mm-hmm. But this song is like The melodies in this song is crazy And I listened to the whole album I was like, this album is amazing And I think it was like a month later where Flower Boy dropped. And I was like, yeah, that's it. I yeah. He's my favorite. Sorry. <laughs> this guy doesn't miss. So I know what you want me to do. Nah, uber talented. My question. Final question. Mm. Final question, man. Um, this one might be a bit tougher. Now, this is the one question where I'm gonna say there isn't a right or wrong answer. What you what you feel is what you feel, in it. Okay, okay, okay. We've been blessed. Me and Paul say it a lot on this podcast. This has been a great music year. Mm. In my opinion, we've had a lot of great music years since the year, what, 2014? Where it slowed down a bit. I might be wrong on that. It might have been... No, I'm pretty sure 2014. It might have been 2013, but mm, whatever. Marco. 2013 was great. It was 2014. It was 2014 that slowed down. 2014. Marco, if you had to pick a year that is your favourite year in terms of music... What year would you go to? Ah, mm. oh, what what year was life for Pablo? Twenty sixteen. That, that year, like I don't know what it was about that year, but sort of mm. everything about things that happened in that year, whether it was like the double XL with twenty one and Kodak and everybody going yeah. off mm-hmm. to like the whole the whole sort of everything around the life of Pablo drop like that whole sort of that whole time period in terms of like music wise I was like that is a great time mm. 
Birds released that year as well, didn't they? Yes, it did. Yeah, that was a like, huge year. Like that that year was just like that was just sort of prime going around acting the fool. <laughs> like that was that was prime sort of like late adult. I'm gonna fuck around to this year. It was yeah. definitely, it was definitely, it was definitely because like the universe was preparing us for the election in November where Donald Trump won. So I was like, let me give, let me give you niggas as much great music as humanly possible before. Because look, you can't name a good album that came out after November in 2016. You can't do it. No, but, yeah, because no one's in the mood. Exactly. Other than Cole, Cole's the only one. Cole came and saved it right at the end of the year. Other than that, no one was in the mood. So let me just, everyone's like, okay, let me drop all the Like Yachty was going hot in 2016. Think about yeah. that. Lil Yachty was going crazy. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, but yeah, but Migos. He's gone. Yeah, that, yeah, Migos. It was a beautiful year for music. Beautiful year. That's the thing. I feel like, um, because most people as well, like, everyone has great memories about 2016. Genuine, genuine point of, like, of just contention for me. I've always felt like 2017 beat 2016 in everything. In literally every category. It was just a better year. Why? It was just a better year. It was yeah, just explain, like, yeah, but explain why. You must have reason. Okay. First of all, for me anyway, for me on a personal note, like that was end of my first year in 2017 summertime. So I got to enjoy it in ways I had never enjoyed before. Because before that, if you know me, you know that my mum had her thumb on my neck. I wasn't leaving this house at all. So the second I got back from uni, and my mum was like, "Yeah, you're a grown man. You can do what you want." And I was able to like go on holidays and stuff already elite. Um, but music wise, I feel like music that was dropping in 2017 was just immaculate. If I'm not wrong, that was the year that Flower Boy dropped, mm-hmm. um, 444 dropped, mm-hmm. Funk. Um, oh my god, I'm about to forget Funk the name. Funk Bounce Volume One. Just ready for the summer. Just mm-hmm. ready for the summer. It was that was an immaculate year, and that was that that's scratching the tip of the iceberg. Um, in terms of music, but just everything that happened that year, I think that was the year we went to go watch um, Kendrick Lamar, which no, was a wasn't. massive thing. Are you sure? We went to Kendrick in 2018. When we go, J Cole, 2017. Okay, then yeah, Jay, it's still a great year. <laughs> Regardless, no matter what way you cut it, man, it was just a great year. Um, I think I went to go see Joy Badass that year as well, and maybe see Tory Lanez that year. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> hey yo! <laughs> God. God. <laughs> nah, twenty seventeen for me. I I just enjoyed twenty seventeen so much. I feel like people sleep on it, and I don't know why. I am mad at you. I think like Marco, your first year ended twenty sixteen, right? You're the same as me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's the same. It's the same sentiment. Like that first year, end of first year summer, because like. If you did first year properly, you didn't study. No. You didn't give a shit about uni. Absolutely. So, so, and to, to be fair, you're probably broke for that summer, which makes no sense because I know me, I spent all of my money in that summer 2016, which is crazy because <laughs> I learned to be saving for America. But that's a different conversation for my accountant who's still paying the bills on that. Um, but now, nah, like, I, w- I would go 2016 too because, again, like, we w- I was fully outside, like, mm. fully outside for the whole year too. Like, mm. oh, and like and like you're saying, Marco, like that beginning of beginning of the year, everyone just waiting. When is this guy gonna drop Life of Pablo? Mm. When is this guy gonna drop Life of Pablo? You're hearing this snippet, you're hearing that snippet. Then the album drops. It's 
in my opinion, better than expected. Like for a lot. Oh of yeah. Like yeah, 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 definitely. Slapped off banger after banger. You're going mm. out everywhere. New song off that is getting played all the time. Post Malone is going crazy. Mm. Migos start going mm. crazy. Summertime comes. You, Raheem, Anderson Pack drops Malibu. Yeah. Um, Schoolboy Q drops um, Blank Face. You got mm. like Isaiah Rashad finally drops. Like mm. Gambino <laughs> drops. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like oh, that Gambino album. Travis drops. 21 Savage drops. Oh. Future mm. goes. Future went on a run of three straight mixtapes. That's following fucking um, DS2 and What a Time to Be Alive. Right. comes out the next year with all the mixtapes like it was a, a phenomenal like i said cole wrapped it up at the end of the year with for your eyes only my personal favorite j cole album but i know that's contentious with some people but i felt like and yeah like you mentioned like throughout that year all the like then rookies going huge like kodak going big and yeah mm. was on a run and, and a little uzi, uzi yeah oh. uzi where uzi oh. could seemingly do no wrong like mm. Yeah, 2016 was special. 2016 was special. Like, mm. I, like we, me and Dom even went out to the, went to the Life of Pablo pop up in mm. in Shoreditch, queued mm. up for time, and then went in, went into this just empty like uh, warehouse building essentially, like bare brick walls. The mm. albums just blaring out, like the albums just going mad, and we're just sort of going around and buying. Gildan t-shirts for 50 pounds yeah. <laughs> hoping that hoping that they last one lo- one wash this is this, this is how, this is how you know kanye is gangster so obviously that was the year i saw kanye for the life of pablo tour in la mm. like i said kept us waiting for like four hours so it was literally like a like doors open at six and then he didn't turn up on stage until like 10 like it was crazy this nigga for the four albums prior for the four hours prior sorry between six and ten where everyone's waiting no DJ, no nothing. He was just playing the life of Pablo on repeat. That <laughs> single <a> album <laughs> didn't, didn't play, didn't play Dropout. Nothing from my beautiful Duchess Fantasy. It was just going from you want me to tell you a story about my life <laughs> all the way to, like from we're on an ultralight beam all the way down to fade, and then it stopped and it started again. Right? <laughs> and then what did he do when he came out? Played his whole album straight. <laughs> and we lost our minds like we've never heard of it before. But that's that's the gangster of, of that album in that time. Um, yeah, man. Mm. What a year, what a time. Mm. All right, man, final question for you. And this, this is a tough one. Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> There's a right answer to this. Damn. Who's your favorite stub in Nigeria? <laughs> who what is who or what is an eye so similar to like we were just talking about tyler right where we said like the first time you heard him you heard that one song you saw the video like who is this what is that and throughout time you're like mind completely changed on the artist who's another artist like that for you someone who you originally started off thinking you weren't necessarily going to be a fan they weren't necessarily for you and then over time through that consistency through their greatness they wore you down and you're like no i'm a fan of this person now mm. i think there's one that jumps to mind of one where when i first heard him i was just like i don't know like i wasn't too sure i don't know whether it was his voice or just sort of like how aggressive the track was but it was 21 savage when i first heard red ops I was mm. just like, 
I was just like, I was like, I don't know if this is too too aggressive for me. Like, I was just like, I was like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can physically handle this. But then, I can't remember which album it was that dropped. Was it? Oh, it was first Savage Mode. Oh, classic. First, first oh, Savage no, Mode dropped, and the and the first line of the album is, "I smashed a stripper in the hotel with my chains on." Yeah, like it's the. Up. One of the best opening lines to any body of work I've probably ever heard. And I was just like, nah, I'm sold. <laughs> Every, everything about Metro, Metro with 21 Savage is yep. one of the most ridiculous combinations. It's a cheat code. It shouldn't be allowed. And I think people should pay more attention to Savage Mode 2 because I think people don't realise that that was actually something big. Huge. Mm. Like some of some of the rapping performances on there were crazy. Huge. I was re-listening to that like this past week. Mm. Savage top ten in the game right now, man. So easily too. Like Savage is one of the best rappers in the game. Like without question. Like his skill, his flow, his concepts, the way he can go from like I fucked a strip of bitch in a hotel with my chains on to talking about real life shit going down in Atlanta. Talking mm. about his his immigration case of ice, and even talking about his immigration case of ice, still doing in Twenty One Savage way, where it's like niggas talking about UK shit like this AK don't spray, like mm. I'll, I'll shoot you niggas, like niggas, <laughs> like he's still yeah, no nah, Twenty One Savage growth is insane, and then he can go on tracks with Cole and yeah. give you a completely different concept. Then he can go on tracks with Drake and give you a completely mm. different concept. And like you said, when he gets together with Metro. Oh. Oh. It's the it's 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 in my dog when the um when the bass doesn't drop until like a minute and a half into the song, and you just feel like it's that halfway through the first chorus, and it's just like oh, like stop it. There's absolutely there's absolutely no need. There is no way. It's the way Raheem. You said it the day that album dropped to when we reviewed it. Mm. When rich nigga shit dropped, and he just the way he starts for rich nigga shit. I did a ladder. I didn't know he had that in him like that. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly it. And it's Metro. Metro always brings it out of him, man. He always just push him to go and do something that I haven't heard before. Like when I heard, um, oh my god, is it Ten Freaky Girls? Oh, when I heard Ten Freaky Girls, I love that album. That album is crazy. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful, man, man. Twenty One Twenty One Savage deserves a whole episode. To be honest with you. Mm. He really does, but not today. Yeah, not today. <laughs> but before before we get to Don, I do want to um, get onto a topic that I spoke to you guys about off pod, but I want to speak about on pod. So one of our favorite podcast pages, Hip Hop Numbers, shout out Hip Hop Numbers, do an amazing job with everything Bro. they do, um, posted a question on his page in the past week, which was, what is the greatest beat change in hip hop? And it got a lot of votes, like in total, it says nearly 20,000 votes were made um, and people drop in some crazy different responses. I saw this, I, immediate re- I immediately replied with one of my favorite beat changes and what I think is this guy's best song, which is Travis Scott 90210, um, special beat change. The final, some of the like final 25, you got New Slaves by Kanye West. Cataracts by Freddie Gibbs, Self Care by Mac Miller, Special, Sicko Mode, obviously Travis Scott, um, like something else that comes up, Fancy, Drake. I even forgot about that one. That is a crazy mm. beat change all the way back. Yeah. And obviously the top two, King Kendrick Lamar, The Art of Peer Pressure, and Mad City. 
um, getting a huge percentage of the votage. But I wanted to bring that question to you two here, like beat changes. Obviously, Raheem Ball is very much on record, damn near every other sentence that he says on this podcast. He's a production guy. So beats and beat changes is, is what he focuses on. Mm. And like, Marco, I remember you and I going all the way back to like, like I say, St. Paul's, when when Jesus dropped some of the beats mm. that came out and just going oh. crazy over that, like, yo, what is he doing here with this? And now looking how that's aged. So I want to bring it to you, man. What are some of your favorite beat changes in hip hop or just in music general? Because I know Raheem, you might want to take it somewhere else. Yeah, for real. And it's not even that I want to take it somewhere else. Um, and, you know, you said it perfectly in pre-production, but I said, let me not respond to that because if I respond to it, we're about to have the whole conversation off mic and then we're going to be kicking ourselves. Um, but you said it perfectly. You're like, wherever your spirit leads you. And that's exactly what happened, man. When I saw the question, obviously you sent it to the chat and you said, yeah, let's talk about this. And I saw best beat changes in hip-hop. But my spirit immediately took me somewhere that was not based in hip-hop. And it's... It's far, but I need you guys to indulge me on this. Because the first thing that came to my mind was the 2020 experience by Justin Timberlake. Come on now. The first thing that came to my mind. I was like, wow. I just, I vividly remember listening to Mirrors for the first time. And then the song just completely changing. Yeah. And just being wowed by what that album was. Now, at the time, I was illegally downloading albums so mirrors was definitely not where it is on the actual album today i think it, for me it was on like the third song that is that is a crazy 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 <laughs> great fact. do you know how many years it took me to realize that that's one of the outros of the that that's on the end of the album i was so shocked um but it was it, he did it all over the album man and there was some where it was more subtle where the beat change wasn't necessarily like an entirely new beat but he added a lot to it, like um, Push Your Love. He added just enough to it where this is a new beat. And if you said that this was another song, I would I would understand completely. But he keeps it the same song as a beat change. Well, technically a beat change. And it's like, it just works. It just works. It adds layers to the song where that is one of the reasons why the 2020 experience, especially part one, for me, that year was one of my favourite albums. It's still one of my favourite albums, period. Um, and another one, as soon as I thought of that, I thought about the Weekend trilogy. Where I was just like, yeah, no, the Weekend does it as well. And again, it's one of the reasons why I love that album as well. And it's funny because, um, especially with like beat changes, sometimes it doesn't work. And I hate it. If it doesn't work, it's one of the things that can make me hate an album very quickly. Because it starts to feel a bit like a gimmick Where it's like, okay Yeah, I get it, you did the whole Beat change thing And I get that, it's almost like you're trying to capture The energy of um, Dreams and Nightmares Which is always where I go to immediately When I think of beat change, because it's iconic And it's like, okay, were well, you trying to capture that energy If so, was it really necessary Could you have not just made this two different songs Because it's very clearly two different songs And you just package it as one song Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when it does work, oh my god, oh my god, it's one of my favorite things in music when it works. Um, I was looking down the list and I was going through the ones that I was certain of. I was just like, yeah, like Mad C, that mm. switch up at the end is a is a madness. Obviously, Nano Two One and Stargaze are both crazy. The 
the fact that Stargaze is the first track on the album and it's that that much of a drastic beat change that halfway through is just it was, it was crazy. Um but when I went through and listened to most of these earlier on while I was working and I totally forgot how good that the beat switch on fake names was, Freddie Gibbs. Like so, oh, like it it blends so perfectly and is he flows like he doesn't stop flowing over the first beat and keeps going over the mix and then keeps going into the next beat. I was just like, this guy is like Freddie Gibbs on his own is just a madness. Mm. Like someone who can just go on and on and on at the same speed, delivering punchlines and wordplay and whatever you want, like whatever you need, and he'll do it. I I, I could I, I couldn't agree more, man. Fake names is crazy because. He, sw- he switches his flow. The beat switches, his flow doesn't switch. Like, mm. he keeps the exact same timing, the exact same flow, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, you, you would think, like, it, it just doesn't make sense that he's done that, and it just keeps going, and you're like, yo, what have I just heard? Absolutely crazy. Um, I think some of the ones that I think were, were mentioned on the list, if not, they were definitely in the comments, because I remember seeing them. Tuscanaba, Drake, Mm. where that switches mm. at the end and he just changes and it gives the song a completely different vibe first day out t grizzly i mean electric electric yeah. like electric moment <laughs> classic moment if t grizzly never has another hit and t grizzly oh, has but, had hits since yeah. if he never has another hit he's a classic mm. just off that um another one that i was thinking of this all comes to mind um oh obviously had to give a shout out Maria I'm drunk Travis oh my god wow yeah that's shout Travis uh, yeah how that wasn't on the list is crazy absolutely crazy another one comes to mind because I'm because I'm who I am um Santeria by Pusha T off day <sighs> mm. again one of Kanye's best works as a producer is that whole album and Pusha T oh. just blows over that so nicely um even and I I I am very vocal about how much I hate what this nigga did, and so the fact that I'm about to give this song praise annoys me. But <laughs> everything else on the song was perfect, other than that one stupid motherfucker. Range Brothers, it's oh. so sick. Oh. And you're grilling me. You're grilling me. I was saying I love the song. You're I never. Me. No, no, no. I never said I didn't like the song. Mm. I said I didn't like what Kendrick did, which is the exact same thing I'm saying now. The song is great. I said it at the time. Keem was flowing. He's going crazy. You can keep rolling your eyes. The truth is the truth. I've said it to Marco. There's a witness here. Like, what's your beef? Because <laughs> what Kendrick did was stupid. And yeah, I won't yeah. change on that. Like, I, I don't care if he's your cousin. You, I'd, I'd, I'd cut him off. Like, that is not... That was not it. Like, so they were, we- like, they were going back and forth. Like, the beat was going so... I'm out, and then it just stopped. And I was just like, what is, what's, what's he doing? Like, <laughs> See, I, the only reason I can't kill Kendrick for that... It's because you're a fan. I don't... No, not even because I'm a fan. Because I don't see that as what Kendrick did. Again, it feels like a beat change. I don't think... How can I put it? If Kendrick had done that, oh, let's get this shit, let's get this shit, top of the morning, top of the morning, whatever, and then went into a verse, then I, at that point I would be like, okay, cool. Maybe Kendrick shouldn't have done that. No, even maybe Kendrick shouldn't have done that. Cool, but Kendrick didn't rap after that. So at that point, I'm listening to it more as okay. Baby Keem decided to use this as a framing device for him to get into his next part of the song. So I don't. 
it doesn't really bother me as much. Okay, so what do you take from the next part of the song? Baby Kim's verse. Yeah. Baby Kim rapping. I'm trying to think of verse now. Um, let's get this shit. Let's so it doesn't help because you remember the let's get this shit, let's get this shit. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't help you remember the next part which you're saying it was framing for. I would have I would have been but then, so what you just said, I would have been much happier if Kendrick did that and went into a full verse because I was okay, you're just setting up for your verse. But to do that, and then especially the way, and not to say that that's him, because obviously it's Keem's project. I'm sure Keem has complete control over what he does, but to stop a Keem verse right in the middle when Keem was flowing over what he was saying and what he was saying was dope, to go into that and then to have mm-hmm. no real payoff to that, it just seems like a jarring moment, which didn't need to be there. Yeah, but again, if that's what Baby Keem wanted on his album, that's what he wanted on his album. I'm not blaming Kendrick for that at all. And I'm I not am. saying... Because yeah. <laughs> you're, no. you're, you're the expert in the room. You're the one with the Mercury Prize. And the no- I don't know if he has a Nobel Prize. He has one of those big prizes. You should be able to say, hey, man, I'm not going to do this because you're going crazy. I'm going to let you go crazy and I'm going to get off on my family ties and we'll just leave it at that. I don't need to be doing this on Range Brothers right here. But you continue. And even on family ties, I don't have an issue with family ties. I just don't like what he said. But that's a different podcast for a different day. But we're here for a reason. Mm. We're here for a big reason. Um, I'm excited. What what were your what were your Mark, I'll start with you. What were your excitement levels when you finally saw that post on his Instagram saying that life of a dom was coming? I mean, I was just I've been so ready for this, like, because because with heaven, with heaven or hell, I love that album, and even up going back after hearing Life of the Don, going back and I'm thinking that is like an immaculate piece of work, like, but it's just I was expecting very much more of the same. Um, I was expecting, I was expecting like a follow on, but like a more like a vamped up version. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but I was incredibly excited. Um, it took me a few listens to nail some of my opinions down, but I was just like, yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. Cats, what, what, what were your levels of excitement? Man, um, it was exciting. I can't like this, is probably for me, probably my most anticipated album, maybe my third most anticipated album this year behind Kendrick and Rhapsody. Not that they've dropped anything for them to for me to say this year, but. The albums I came into this year anticipating, yeah, this was up there. This was up there. So, um, look at the stubbornness <laughs> of this guy. Like, yeah. albums have not dropped. Like, yeah, I, I came in anticipating. I'm gonna leave this year anticipating. <laughs> Man, I know we're in October, but yeah, I'm still hopeful. <laughs> There's still time. Rhapsody, please. I want to give you a two stubborn Nigerian award. Just drop something, something, even a single. I will be happy. Um, <laughs> nah, I was excited, man. And you guys know better than anyone. Don Tolliver, I've been excited, excited, actively excited for him to drop anything. Um, when he dropped Moon, my excitement tripled, tripled. No, but well, let me not say when he dropped Moon before people come out for me. When Kanye dropped Moon, I heard Don Tolliver on Moon. When my... he drops Moon. When he <laughs> drops Moon. <laughs> my excitement tripled, tripled, easily tripled. I said, okay. Don Tolliver might be getting better. And if he's getting better than what he gave us on Heaven and Hell, wow. Wow. Are we in for something? Um, man. I, yeah. Pure excitement. 
I can't top what either of you two said. Marco, what song should we listen to before we get into this album? I think the intro is the only thing that makes sense. Get Escape mm-hmm. on. Intro is the only thing that makes sense. This is Escape off Life of a Don. Yeah, you don't want one. No, I can't lie. You don't want one. Yeah. Stay with it is. Keep it blunt. New girl for the month. Big ride up the bunch. And I know that it gets old and it gets cold. Just pull up and we're outside before the gate cold. That was Escape off the album Life of a Don by Don Tolliver. Life of a Don finally released on October 8th, 2021. It comes in at 16 songs. Marco's perfect number of songs. 51 minutes and 34 seconds. Before we go any further, special, special shout out to Mike Dean, who I know had to work double, maybe triple time between Kanye doing all the nonsense that Kanye does with his albums Don coming with this album and I know that Travis Scott probably has him locked up in some dungeon somewhere prepping for whenever he drops so I hope one day Mike Dean gets to rest at least not right now because there's no rest for the wicked and what you did on that track alone was very wicked so you definitely don't get to rest right now um Life of a Don Don Tolliver as you heard from the two gentlemen previously this is something that all three of us were heavily anticipating um we've been ready for this album as Raheem said it a few podcasts ago from the moment heaven or hell dropped in what was that march 2020 he was instantly yeah. the next week like okay but when's the next one because mm-hmm. i need it right here right now and i'm not gonna say that i agree with you but i definitely don't disagree with whoever said that do you know what i'm saying like i remember i remember i was in i was working when heaven and hell dropped in the gym like it was early more so the gym was closed i was in there just getting everything shit like set up mm-hmm. and i was like just kicking a football around and like it was an AstroTurf gym, so that people don't think, why do you have a football in a gym? It was like, it was like that type of gym. But I was like, working, working, kicking a football around. And I just remember when that, when No Idea finished and that album was done, I was like, no, 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 no. this isn't, this isn't it. Like, yeah. You're not done. There's, there's more that you need to get out. I can feel it. So you clearly weren't done. Like there was more you wanted to tell me on Euphoria. Like I could, you Damn. know, like... Damn. You didn't tell me there was, you didn't go deep enough on company. I know there was more. Um, so I was right there with you. And then when, when he dropped Moon, like, fuck that other guy. When he dropped Moon and said, I want to go to the moon. I was like, no, 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 no. Because clearly you're taking this somewhere. Um, and then he decided to go and do a little tour, which pushed, which made us think the album was going to be pushed back. I was certain we weren't going to get it until 2022. So mm. when it came, it was definitely a surprise. Um, I'm going to start us off by playing a little game that we like to do here um, every time. time. I say we, I do it. Um, he hates it, but I do it. Marco, what's, if you had one word to describe this album, how would you describe it? When I've been looking around to see how, see sort of how other people sort of, what sort of reception other people were giving it. Because I was curious, because I was like, are people going to say, oh, no, this is too weird? Or like, are they saying, oh, it's going to sound the same? There was one word which kept cropping up, and it was ethereal. Mm. And I think it's like the perfect word that sort of it just puts his sound into a into a into a little capsule and just shakes it up. Mm. And when you then when you let it out, it just it just creates this this sort of this sound that can't really be paralleled. It can't be compared to anything really other than maybe a 
a Travis Scott album of the past or something along those lines because it just doesn't sound like anything else. Mm, nah, I, I like that. That that was low-key perfect. Um, I'll probably go with magic, man. Magic, you know I love that word. It, it felt like magic. It felt like... I d- it just feels... It feel, Don Tolliver is so good at creating that feeling that genuinely speaking, the only other time I felt it is the very first time I heard Kid Cudi hum. That's the only other time I felt that feeling. And Don Tolliver does it so often and so easily that it's just, it's crazy. It's like magic to me, man. Dope, dope, dope. I, um, I'll, I'll play along. I have to go with one I'd say existential. Um, but hmm. the, it's definitely like... Uh, it's, it's so vibey, it's out of body, you know what I'm saying? It, it's like you're saying about when when Cuddy's in his humming bag, it feels out of body. And, and this album has qualities, which I mentioned other albums from other artists, where like you feel like the room is sort of encapsulated in the vibe, even just the way that I'm assuming it's a flute is going off at the beginning of Escape to just lure you in. And then, yeah, the way it cre- crescendos and chasms and, and waves throughout the album. It's mm-hmm. dope. It's, it's special. Um, I'm going to go back to you now, Marco. What's your, what's your overall synopsis on the album as a whole? Just talk, just talk about it in generalities. How do you feel about it? Um, what was it now? A few weeks since it's dropped. What are your feelings? What are your thoughts? Just bear it all out as you see fit. Well, in, in short, I really like it. I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, it took me a few goes to get used to some of the tracks. So five times would be one. First time around, I wasn't I wasn't sure. And get thrown as well. I wasn't too, too sure when I first heard it because the piano from Mustard's Beat sounds a it sounds a tad clunky. And I think that his I think that his um his vocals and his harmonies save that track in a big, big way which sort of brings it right back up to a high standard. But I think as a whole, is it's incredibly good. Like it's, it's telling, it's telling the story. It's, it's sort of like, it's taking you on a journey and it's almost like you can, you can see it in the way that it's structured when you sort of think about what the songs are and you see how it's layered out and like what he's trying to do in different little runs so the, dub, the double standards down to the drugs and hella melodies. Yes, you sir. knew you knew what he's doing in that pocket and you know exactly what he's going for. And I think he just hits the nail on the head with it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, saying that, there are two tracks that I can live without, if I'm totally honest. Smoke is one for no reason other than... I feel like it doesn't bring a huge amount to me. Like, I could... Like I, I'm not too big on the on the featuring artists, um, and something about the beat just doesn't it's it doesn't feel full enough. It feels like there's gaps. Um, that and even with drugs and hella melodies, I think that could have been so much better than it turned out to be. But I think with the potential that both Don Toliver and Kaliuchis have in terms of their like vocal performances. Like I think that that song could have been taken to a different planet, but I think it's just a little bit too toned down. But even so, it makes perfect sense in the in the listing and the ordering of the album because it helps to break it down and it sort of nicely transitions into two a.m. and then down through the rest of the album. But I think as a 
as a project in terms of how it's all laid out and the way that the sort of sound carries, I think it's I think it's spot on. I think it's exactly what it's exactly what I expected. If I'm honest, I'm not like I'm I'm not surprised. I wouldn't say I'm surprised um, by what it sounds like, but I enjoy exactly what it is, and I enjoy each song for a very different reason. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, this is this is why I was happy when I. I, from day one, when we said that we're going to have Don Tolliver conversation, I said Marco has to be involved. Paul said, absolutely, obviously. Um, because I knew that Marco is not, Marco is going to have such a sensible opinion on this. And it's crazy because we haven't discussed this album at all. So I didn't know what anyone, any of you guys were going to come in and say about this album. Um, when I first listened to it, I was disappointed, isn't the word, it's not the word at all. When I first listened to it, it took me, there was a few songs, like you said, five times, five times, um, what other song? There was a couple songs on there where I was like, man, is this better than Heaven or Hell? Or does this just make me want to go back and listen to Heaven or Hell when he got his spot on? And I was confused because I was like, I'm, this isn't what I was expecting. And it took me, not even took me, I went away, I listened to Heaven or Hell. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Maybe, maybe I have my songs from this album that I really like. And maybe there's other songs that I could have done without. That's fine. But this is why, and it's one of the reasons why I always say on this podcast, man, intros are so, so, so important. Because we just played it. Escape was the intro for this album. And I think that being the intro is why I can come here today and say that this album was magic for me. Because every day since this album has come out, I'll catch myself humming, just humming the beat to um to escape and thinking, man, I, I want to listen to this song again. And here's it, because there's there's differences. Like Ty Dollar Sign featuring Ty Dollar Sign had songs on that album that I did I liked. I liked, but we both came in here and we both said, Oh, well, I say both, me and Paul um came in here and said, yo, Ty Dollar Sign's album wasn't necessarily it. And I haven't, if I'm being honest, I haven't listened, gone back to go and listen to it because those songs weren't the intro. But when the song that I like is the intro, all I do is go to the album, click play, and now the whole album plays. So the whole album is playing, it's playing. There's songs that, yeah, they're cool. They're not necessarily what I want. By the fourth, fifth time I've played this album, I know the words. And suddenly I'm singing along. And the album for me transformed once I was able to sing along to these songs. And I don't know, I'm, I have to assume that's what he was going for. But again, once I was able to sing along to five times to, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name, um, to Outer Space, Company 2 got 10 times, I like Company 2 the first time I heard it. It got 10 times better when I could sing along to it. Um, Flocky Flocky with Travis Scott got better when I could sing along. Double standards got better when I could sing along. Swanging on West, fam. This one always spun me because I always say Westminster, but it's definitely not Westminster. Where's that? West Thema? West Thema? I don't care. I got better when I could sing along. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sound <better. laughs> No, no. It's very clearly Westheimer. Yeah, it's very clearly. Say swear. Oh, I've been saying West Thema. Why did the T and the H live right next to each other like that? That's crazy. That's the. <laughs> Yo, no, nah, I can't lie. Um. It got it just got so much better when 
it got so much better once I could sing along to the album, man. And it just goes to say, like intros, intro. I wish more artists took the intro as seriously as Don Tolliver took this one, because the intros for me is what saved this whole listening experience, and more than saved it, even it it lifted the whole thing up, man. Like it really let me. It let me come back enough times so I could really appreciate what I was listening to because I couldn't appreciate it the first time. I don't like the fact that we're living the same life. <laughs> um, what, when I first listened to this album, the first thing I thought about was Heaven or Hell. So I went into mm-hmm. Heaven or Hell and I remembered how much I loved that album. And then I went on Twitter a few days later and one of the pages I follow, I've mentioned him before, Dragonfly Jones, um, who has a podcast, um, Jones, Jacoby and Jones, or Jenkins and Jones, look at me not knowing my podcast, it's not like I watch it anyway, she tweeted, the best thing I can say about this new Don Tolliver album is it makes me want to listen to Heaven or Hell and remember how fucking sensational that album is, I'm like, yep, it's exactly how I feel, um, the more I've listened to this album, the more I've appreciated it for what it is and, and for the, the good to greatness that, that that is within this album. I go to my point that I made about Donda and I've made about other po- albums that we've talked about on this podcast that just sounding good doesn't mean shit to me anymore. I need more than that. And I think that's the, the negative I have on this album. Um, I'm like Hugh Marco. I like reading what other people have to say about other albums, whether it's to just to see whether I think you're completely wrong and let me tell you why you're wrong or to see if there's anyone who agrees with me, especially people who are paid to do that shit. Not that they're right, but they're paid for it. I want to be paid for it one day, but hey man, for right now we're doing it for free. And I like going to Pitchfork as well because Pitchfork have black people, at least I know of. And so um, I'm going to read, this is the, literally the first line of the Pitchfork review of this album by Alphonse Pierre. He says, and I quote, the Texas rapper's latest album sounds so damn good that the emptiness of it all is an afterthought. Close quote. That's, that's, that's the album. That's the mm. album. It sounds fucking amazing. And the more you listen to it, the more amazing it sounds. You're able to pick out the funky bits. I agree with you. Five times is still a bit iffy. Smoke is a bit, is a bit iffy. I just didn't feel the features. But as a whole, when you take away, when you take, that's why I said existential, the overall feel and the overall vibe of the album, beautiful. Escape, I like drugs and hella melodies, but that's because I like Kali Uchis' voice and whatever I can hear that. Kali Uchis can sing the alphabet to me and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I would give it a Grammy. Do you know what I'm saying? So I love that. Way bigger, loved it. Swanging on Westheimer, loved it. But I was set there, I was like, he's not saying anything. He's really not. And the beauty of Heaven or Hell is that it sounds great and he's saying shit. Like, when you get into it, like, when you get into Euphoria, like, he's saying shit. Like, it, he obviously, he has a few songs here and there where no idea he's not really saying shit. It's more of a hit. And you'll excuse that. But throughout a lot of this album, it's just like, you're not really saying anything. Now, the Pitchfork article I was reading goes on to say, Don Tolliver graduated cum laude from the Travis Scott School of How to Make Nothing Sound Like Something. I think mm. that's harsh because Travis Scott doesn't <laughs> do that. When Travis Scott says his best, he has a lot to say. He just makes right. it sound really good. And you may get lost in the fact that it's sounding really good, that he has shit to say. Songs like 90210, where he's really, really rapping about his come up. It mm. just sounds fucking heavenly, so you're not really paying attention. Mm. But Don here, overall, 
overall, I like this album. I like listening to it. It's a really good listening experience. I personally would have liked just a bit more substance. Even when you're calling the album Life of a Don, talk about what you've been living about for the year, for the past year. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, what's the tour? I mean, you haven't really been on tour. But what's the tour life been like? What's it like with the fame? Find ways to interweave that. And if you had done that just a little bit more, I would have gone from liking this album to loving this album. But I do feel, like I say, one of the one of the best qualities about this album is that you will go back to listen to it because of the overall feel. And then it will force you to go back to listen to Heaven or Hell, which to me is a fucking sensational album. One of the best we've had in the last two, three years in music. So I'm not, I'm not too mad at it overall. Question. Hit me. Do you excuse um, the album not necessarily having as much substance? Bearing in mind, when did um, Heaven or Hell came out, come out? It came out last year, right? March 2020. Right. So bearing in mind between that album and this album is basically just been COVID lockdown. No, because he's in Houston. Damn, he is in Houston. Damn, I tried, Don. I tried. <laughs> he's in I Houston. Try. But also that's a that's a topic. Like you can you can talk about that. I just feel like I just thought that was and it's not even like I'm saying substance is in like talking about a come up or talking about man, the world's been going crazy, or man, there was this election. I ain't talking about there's just an emptiness to it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, even on the songs that we're mm. saying we like, like, and you say that you know the words now, you can sing along. What are the words? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what, 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 what is he actually saying? And mm. again, this isn't, this isn't, I said the same shit about, I said the same shit about, like, I'll say the same shit about everyone. It's just like, there's, there's just something I feel like is missing and there's a connection that's missing. And I feel like, for me at least, the connection was, I just needed something more to be hitting. Like, even so, even a song I love, and I loved it from when I heard it as a single, What You Need. Love that song. Like, even with that way, he's just talking about essentially just fucking bitches. Like, tell me what you need. Like, I, I'll get it. That I'm cool with. I'm cool with that. But I just there, was just, there was just a punch missing. And for me, I felt like the punch was just the, he's not really saying anything mm-hmm. that I need to listen to. I'm more just listening to the production and the melody and the beat around and the environment created around it, which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a it's a slight coming off heaven or hell, but you did it so well. Mm-hmm. The, I, the thing with Don Toliver, I I know that he's he's not really saying shit, really. Like he's not he's not someone who you're going to to go get lyrical content from. You're not going <laughs> for him to to spray facts about how how he's going to destroy the game or anything like that because that's that's not that's not what is it's not in his job description i put him i i put him in like a similar sort of bracket to where i hold someone like a young thug or a kid cuddy where c- quite a lot of it is just down to not so much what they're saying but just how it sounds over the and sort of like how it how it helps to elevate the track because I find that in quite a few of these songs, as much as a huge amount of the production is actually incredibly good, there are a few times where his melody and his vibrato and stuff just save the track. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as I, I love 2AM, I love that song, and I think it's like it's definitely one of the sort of highlights of the album, I do think that it's quite a lot of it is it's saved very much by what he sounds like on, on the actual beat. Um, so I think 
Um, I think he's just he's I think he's one of those people where it's very much he's just trying to capture like a vibe. He's trying to paint a picture with what he's basically trying to paint what he's hearing, and you can basically see exactly where he's going with it. You know what? Yeah, because I was gonna agree. My initial initial instinct was to agree with that because I was. It's why I always say, man, there's certain artists I go to to give me that, like, deep lyrical stuff and certain artists who I'm going to catch a vibe with. But then I have to look at who do I compare Don Tolliver, not even compare, but who's in Don Tolliver's class. And I'll say the one person who, every time I think of Don Tolliver or every time I think of this person, I think of the other. Like, I don't know why my brain pairs them together, but it does. And that is Roddy Rich. And for me, I think, okay, what's my, what's Roddy Rich's biggest song? The Box. Cool. The Box is The Box. What's my favourite Roddy Rich song? Is War Baby. And I think about the worst War Baby is like, no, man, Roddy Rich was talking, talking. Like, I don't know if I can then necessarily cut Don Tolliver that same slack. And that's literally just thought I've had just now. But I don't know if I can cut him that slack if his classmates, who I would then say are right there with him, are really getting on here and saying I'm <laughs> we're we're robbing the what type of niggas that would rob the robbers, and then Don Tolliver not really That's... giving me lyrical punches, even if it's just here and there. Do, do you know what it is though? It's not even like the lyrical punches, like because what you're saying, Mark, I agree with. He's using his voice as an instrument, which is a skill, right? And like Cuddy does it. Cuddy's the best at it. That's why all these niggas like credit Cuddy. He's been the best at it for a dec- over a decade, using his voice as an instrument, and it helps the song. But even Cuddy's best songs, they come with like, not necessarily bars, but so even to and again, just to use like Don as his, his own example, the song that comes to mind now when I go to heaven or hell, Cardigan, right? He's not really saying anything in Cardigan. I'm finna stand in it. I'm in it. You be on my back like a cardigan. But the lyrics and the flow and the words add to the song. They add a bounce to the song, which complements the beat just as well as the beat and the melody mesh. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas on this, I feel like there's, there's a missing element in what he's actually saying. So he's using his voice as an instrument just as well. The beats just as well, the melodies just as well. But then when he's actually rapping or even singing, it's not complementing everything else as well to create the same sort of, not even the same, but to complete the vibe. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, like even like even after party, okay, I pull up, hop out in the after party. The beats high, the beats high tempo. We're going high tempo, then he comes in high tempo, so it elevates everything up. We're still gonna keep going. Whereas on this, I don't feel like the the like the fact that I can't recall to words in my head, or I can't recall in my head words that like do that same thing on this album. No matter how many times I've listened to this album now, I feel like there's just a missing element. Not to take anything away, because like I say, I still think this is a really good album. I enjoy listening to it. I'll continue to listen to it and continue to support it. Shit, when this nigga comes into to the UK. I mean, I won't go. I won't go to the tour, but I'll pretend I'd like to go to the tour. But that's no, like that's it's. It would all be celebrated, and so I just I don't. I just feel like there's there's something that maybe it's just me, but there's something that I'm missing. Yeah, because those are, especially with those examples you gave, I don't know if I'm if I can follow you on those ones because that's the one. The one thing for me is that sonically, it never didn't make sense. Like if I'm talking from a pure how the sounds type of thing. 
And those songs that you just mentioned, again, for me, it's like more so sonically than anything, where the listening experience is amazing because sonically it sounds amazing. What do you think I'm saying? Where you're saying, okay, so like um, with Cardigan, it's an amazing song because the hook is simple. He's not doing too much. He's not even, the lyrics aren't necessarily punchy or whatever, but then his bouncing and his cadence on that song makes perfect sense. And it sounds amazing from what you're saying. Okay. And I don't think he doesn't have that on this album. Okay, so we just disagree on that point. Mm. Okay, that's fine. See, I think, because I know you're comparing, you're going out and throwing After Party out there, which is, without a doubt, probably probably numbers-wise and popularity-wise, it's probably the be- the sort of biggest song on that album. But I think it was the main single off the album. But I think if you compare, like, realistically, because the single because that was like the main single that came out and it was the apparently he did that in one take as well wow. like, it. like it, apparently he went off and sunny digital was just like this guy's going absolutely bananas on this beat like <laughs> but i think because realistically you're going to be comparing it to what's the big single of life of a don and it's what you need and mm-hmm. i think i think the tone of it and the tone of sort of like where the album's going is just for, sort of very much it's different. So like Heaven or Hell is more like sort of, it's like a high speed chase. Like in terms of like, if you're driving, it's like you're driving around at, at dangerous speeds. You're swerving in and out. You're going crazy behind the wheel. But I feel like with this album, it's very much sort of like establishing that he's, he can nail that sound. He can nail the sort of high tempo. He can nail that. But then I feel like this is very much sort of, covering that sort of middle ground where he's he's very much got his R&B bag, which he dips into regularly on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Double Standards and Swanging on West Time are like both, I think Double Standards is probably the best song on the album. I think the instrumental, like the melodies, I think when like the bass kicks in sort of like towards the end, I'm just like, nah, this is like something special. And it caught me, it caught me, like caught my attention in a big way first time around and it's just gotten better and better every time I've heard it. Um, but I I do get what you mean in that you sort of, you need that little bit more to sort think, of like push it over the edge. I think more than anything is consistency. More than anything yeah. is consistency because you're right. Like when you when you made the point about Afterpipe being the biggest single so you compare it to what you need, I think he does it on what you need, like perfectly. I think he does it perfectly on many of the, not many, I think he does it perfectly on some of the songs on this album, like Company Part 2, I think he does it perfectly. I think he does it perfectly on You as well. Escape, too. It's just that where he's done it in the past, which is heaven or hell, and that's the only real time I can go to it, it's the whole album has done it perfectly. And here, I feel like there are too many, not too many, there are gaps. And when those gaps come, it hurts the album as a, it hurts the project as a whole. Because then it just feels like, okay, then why is this song here? It almost feels like it's not complete. Like you haven't fully gone in the way you needed to to complete this album. I do also think this album was rushed. I think I it probably was. I, I do think this album was rushed. I think it was, I, it, it, there are just moments, and like you were saying before, with the when you talk about the mustard piano just being off, there are just points where I'm listening to this album where I feel like this is rushed. And so I think there's, there's elements where I'm just like, he does it well, well enough for me to like the album, well enough for me to enjoy this album, 
But for me to have loved this album, there needed to be that. He needed to do it consistently throughout the album. I don't think he does that, in my personal opinion. Raheem, what's the song that people need to listen to from this album and go in depth on why they need to listen to it? Talk to your fan base. Man, um, everyone needs to go and listen to Drugs and Hella Melodies. In my why, do they, why do they need to listen to Drugs and Hella Melodies, in your opinion, good sir? Because I remember listening to this song, I think it was sometime at the end of last year. I mean, it wasn't, where... it was this year, because it only came out this year. Well, this year yes, where he dropped the music video sure yeah i remember listening to it and thinking oh i don't know if i like this but i didn't hear an album for ages so i didn't think okay it's not i in my head it wasn't gonna make the album because of how long it had been um but the song for me is one is an example of my whole listening experience with this album where it got way better in context of the album the song just got way better for me way better for me um Kaliuchi sounds amazing. Amazing. Um Don Tolliver sounds ama- amazing to me. Again, it's just I, I love this song, man. I love this song. It's one of those songs that like once you know the words to it as well, you can start singing along. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna hit those high notes and your throat's gonna hurt afterwards, but it's worth it. Pause. I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, what's the song people need to listen to off this album and why? Uh, for me, I think it's going to be Company Part 2. Because mm. mm. I think I think when it comes to sort of like Part 2s and trying to follow up from like a previous song, you sort of, you've got to capture the same sort of tone, but do it totally differently. And I think Metro has done an out, outrageous job to pull that out because he's because it's probably one of the standout songs from Heaven or Hell for me. Mm. And then to bring the part two, and I was thinking, ah, where can you go from that? But then it's just, like the the beat so, like in the way that Metro does it so perfectly, it's so simple, but it's got so much to it. Like it, like it all hits, it hits at the right time. The beat stops and pauses at the right time. But then even when it comes to Don delivering the hook, like, Every single time, the sort of the tone is different, and he's sort of like, oh, so in love with me. Ah. <laughs> oh my god! Like it's just, it is just, it is magical. Like, it's, I think it's top tier. I think, I think it has to, it has to be the one that I pick for everyone to listen to. Has to. You know, it's funny. Like um, as I usually do when people do stuff like this, where they say, okay, part, this is part two or whatever. I went and I literally put, I played part one and I queued up part two next. And I was like, I love company, but company part two might be better. It might be better. Oh, that song is sweet. That song is sweet for real, man. Oh my God. I was waving my hand. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I was waving my hand. I was was literally, I was listening to this album for the first time in my car as I was driving. And like, Obviously, I so obviously I don't see the track list and I don't know what the song is called. What? And I'm literally just listening. I'm like, why does this nigga keep saying company? Like, is this company part two? Like, what's going on? I literally put it up, but I was like, man, it was. And yeah, it's it's sweet. I I wouldn't go as far as to say it's better than company part one because I just love company part one. Like mm. just the way it fits on that album and just yeah, it's beautiful. But this is yeah, the, and like you said, the way he switch feels like he switches each time. The vibe just totally changes the hook is infectious i love that i love that me swanging on westheimer 
that shit is that shit is potent it's like cracking mm. my system i don't know what it is i do know what it is it's the fact that he starts off the second verse saying she's gone off the henny and tequila i was like got me that's me that's me i am she i am she she is me we are one and the same gone off that henny and it comes right in the middle of like like you mentioned that three track run a double standards swinging on westheimer into drugs and hella melodies you can make a four track one if you want to bring on what you need but i think what you need is more put there as a spacer between the first four and then the next three and then 2 a.m is a spacer to the next part but mm. like just just the way it fits there then flows into drugs and hella melodies and like you said kaliuchis just does kaliuchis things which are, are never good for my soul and my spirit. <laughs> Never good for my soul and my spirit for Cali Uchis to be doing Cali Uchis things. Um, but. Oh, that track as well, Swinging mm-hmm. on Westheimer. Mm-hmm. It's a Justin Timberlake sample. It is. Is it? Until the end of time. Until the end of time. <laughs> like, I have to listen to our whole like, album so, differently. Like some of that. Like so, and some of the sort of, some of the high notes he hits on that track, it's just so it's so sweet. He just hits it so smoothly. I'm telling you, this whole workday today that I've been listening to that album in preparation for to, um for this podcast, fam, I've been singing my ass off, and I've been trying to hit every single one of those notes. The seven times I've listened to it today, and it's not easy. It's not nice. easy, but I'm getting closer and closer, man. <laughs> I mean, you're not, but I love the I love the fact that you you believe you are. <laughs> Metro booming. I gotta give a shout out to Metro. Metro is all over this project, and he's mm-hmm. sensational. He produced Swinging on Westheimer, produced Company Part Two. Um, best in the game, best in the game. Mm-hmm. Legend of this shit. Like again, his ability to get the best out of whoever he's working with is is so special, so so special. Um, mm-hmm. Raheem, talk to me about the production on this album. Elite. Elite, there's um, too much uh, that even needs to be said. Um, I feel like you even said it perfectly. The sound, the sound itself is what carries this album. And I feel like um, it's the pairing. So Don Tolliver, that's not even to say that, when I say the sound carries the album, it's not to say that Don Tolliver at all was carried. Because if Don Tolliver didn't do what he did on all the songs, then it wouldn't be what the album is, obviously. But just the vibe that's curated throughout this whole album is so concise and it's so what's the word I'm looking for, man? There has to be a word for it. I wanna it's melodic. It's melodic in it. It's hard for me to describe it, man. It's hard for me to describe it. That's why the word I use is magic for real. Because it's like it's just magic. <laughs> it's magic, man. Not too much is done. I mean, I remember, was it, what was it, a few weeks ago where you said that, me, I just love drums. And I don't even think there's any point on this album where it's like, man, the way that this beat is kicking right now, like just the drum is getting to me. Or somewhere the beat just goes so stupid where I just have to point it out. But there's no point where, there's no beat on this album that I don't love, if that makes sense. It's just, it's so well put together. I'm Because to be honest with you guys, I didn't do the research into who produced what on this album, which I probably should have, to be honest, because I love every song on here. Um, but it's so concise that if you if you guys have come on to it, or come on to this podcast today and said, yeah, it was all produced by XXX, I would be like, yeah, no, it makes sense, because it sounds like it was just produced by one person. The sounds aren't 
it's just that concise where it's like, yeah, this could have easily been produced by one person in a, in one week and Don Tolliver just hopped on everything and it makes that much sense. Marco, question to you. You look at this album, you take his past album, Heaven or Hell, you take everything he's done in between that, all the features, whether it's his and hers, um, Lemonade, Moon, I can't remember the feature that was on Slam Language 2 where he took over that album. Too. Oh, no surprise. No surprise. That, Thank you. That's, oh, yeah. Like, when you think about all of that in totality, where do you think, like, what do you think, where do you think he's going for his career? Where do you think mm. his next, where does he need to improve? Does he need to improve? Is there room for improvement? Like, what, you just look at the career that he's had thus far to date. What, what, what are you feeling? I mean, I think there has everyone's got room for improvement. Like really, like no one makes perfect music. I mean, there's arguments that there's people who have their bags and they have their little sections where it's like that's their thing and they can nail it. Mm-hmm. But I think there's always room for improvement. Um, I think with with his whole discography, I don't know if you went back and listened to Donny Womack because okay. that is. I mean, I think for like a introduction to someone as like what their sound is going to be like and sort of and how it's sort of evolved from there to now with everything in between I think it's sort of I think he can only really go up but I side, think it's just side note not to cut you off I love doing that shit like I implore everyone to do that shit if you catch on to an artist and you think that you've heard their debut you probably haven't like if they have a project out before the first time you heard them you need to listen to that shit because you see the like, it's it just seeing them figuring out how to make music is so dope. And then you see mm-hmm. them become polished, especially like obviously Heaven and Hell was his first on a major, and Donnie Walmart came out when he wasn't on a major. So you're seeing just the difference between someone just beginning out and then going on to a major and actually getting the polished production, the polished support to push it out. Sorry to cut you off. Um, so even bigger add on to that, I listened to Donnie Walmart. The only reason that because I knew Donnie Walmart was out before Heaven or Hell. The main reason I listened to Donny Womack was literally because of um, your blog where you're just specifying what songs from there that you loved. And I was like, oh, I, if this is a project that Marco is so heavily invested in, let me actually go and listen to this Donny Womack album, uh, project, should I say. And yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it was because obviously if, you te- if you're telling me you heard of them before that, then you were either in Houston or had the most like... N- the craziest knowledge of underground music possible because it came out, I think Donnie Womack dropped maybe a day or two before Astro World. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was literally like a case of, ah, he's got a crazy verse on Astro World that's coming out. Let's release a project a couple of days before just so that people know like, ah. So that's why I went back. I went back and I listened. I was just like, there's something about this guy. Like there's, there were certain points and certain songs where, like, he's he's attacking the he's attacking the beat with certain like attitudes and like he's like you can tell that he's here to he's not fucking around like he's here to make a stamp and make it so unique and so very much his own that you can't really compare him to anybody because as much as people are going to draw Travis comparisons all the time because they're obviously the same label. And they're from the same place. So there's, of course, there's going to be sound similarities. But I think he's he's got a level of versatility that Travis just doesn't have. There's a whole side of Don Tolliver that 
that Travis Scott can't even touch because he's just not got that in his bag. Like they've got they've got the same sort of they attack things in similar ways in that it's sort of like psychedelic sounding. It's sort of like it's sort of the psychedelic trap rap. It's all got like usually heavy drums, but he he brings like like he obviously he brings in his he brings in his R and B bag. Like he brings in his his smoother sounds. He brings in his horns. He brings in his like his like little whistles. Like on I think it's way bigger. Mm-hmm. Way bigger or five five times. No, it's on five times. There's a cowbell which goes at the end of like end of every beat. And it's sort of like it's just that little twang that you know that he's from a certain place. Like he had like he has to be from the south. Like from the way that it sounds, you just like it it's undoubtedly a southern artist and he's just I think he's he's only going up, I think. I think but I think it very much depends on whether he goes down the more heaven or hell, where he's got some more upbeat tracks with a couple of R and B joints in there to throw in, or if he's just going to go all in with the R and B bag, and just. But I don't think he will. I think he'll stick to a sort of a balance between the lot. I can't imagine a world where he commits to just slow, well, slower songs, or commits to more so the R and B bag, especially when. Correct me if I'm wrong. Lemonade is probably his best performance song. Mm-hmm. Well, not, numbers, numbers wise, probably that was like a song that you couldn't really like. It was everywhere because yeah. it was that it was um that internet money. So like they they obviously create a certain sort of vibe of all of their music. So it's always going to be mm. like that sort of it's that popular sound. So it's going to mm. appeal to more people. Yeah. yeah. Whereas whereas like past stuff is always. Like it's a bit more raw and a bit more niche, like mm. the sound of it. So obviously, less people are going to buy into it. I mean, I'm a, I have to admit, the only reason that I'll say, the only reason I'm even saying that is probably one of his better performance songs is because there was a two week period where I saw people dancing to it on TikTok, and I assume once it gets to TikTok, it's up there. It's up there. It's clear. <laughs> um, but now, nah, yeah, I'd, I would be shocked. I'd be shocked if he suddenly decided that he's going to just stop making the up, the more upbeat type music and just stick to this bag. It would be very short, even though I'll see why, but I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked. I, I, I couldn't even see why, and I don't think there's any reason to. I think you have two albums which are, is, have a similar feel to them because you were able to create an environment around them which create a similar feel, but two very different albums. Like you're saying, you're using one as up tempo one up five and one r&b so you've already shown the duality that you have you have features where you're upbeat you're high you have features where you're rapping over trap beats and and download dirty like you're from the deep south and then you have features like moon where you're singing better than beyonce yes i said it. yes i said it beehive come at me i dare you Oh, you're going to get attacked. The, the, <laughs> thing is, the thing is, the Beehive can't say anything to me because all I'll say is, so do you think Formation is a top 75 song of all time? Bro. And then they have to shut up. <laughs> and then they have to shut up. So, like, he... Because I think he's one of these these special New Age artists who just has so many bags. Why they shouldn't cipher themselves into one and they don't need to. I just think it's about... Um, as he's done here really well, separating those bags like i didn't like for example you i say it all the time you learn future has laid down the blueprint blueprint for everybody everyone every single human being that wants to do this shit 
You release the trap album one week, you release the R&B album the next week. Don't try and do the stupid shit that that Canadian nigga did where he said, oh, I released them all on the same album and it doesn't make sense and nobody listens to it and no one likes it. Just release them separate weeks, control the market like that. And Don yeah. here, you released what? 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 He's going to get his dick then. He's going to get his dick then. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Is the whole Don Am I wrong? I need to add Drake. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? That's not the point. Here's the point. Because if I'm wrong, then I'll take it back. But if I'm not wrong, then it's to accentuate the point where Don got it right, Future got it right, other people got it right. You want me to dig at someone else? Okay, Shrim Life. They got it wrong. They haven't recovered since when they tried to do that triple album shit. Since you want to be defending Aubrey. That's fair. See, yeah, just uh, just what's the called? Just make your um your this is versatile, man. Uh it's not this. Our audience doesn't listen to Rush they listen to Drake. Because <laughs> I'm the one who checks the analytics. Roll your eyes, nigga. This is why you're getting replaced. You think Marco's here for <laughs> But yeah, no, I think Don, I think he's I think Don's done it like right in the sense where you can show your different sides and different projects and different albums. I would never and through your features, you'll show your different sides. And he's set up just like the guy you put him in the same mental breath with, Roddy Rich is set up, similar to how Baby set up. They're going to be the feature artist that everyone runs to for like a decade. Rod Wave's going to be that too, by the way. Mm-hmm. But they're just set up to be that, those guys. And so they'll have so many opportunities to showcase so many different versatile sides that you never really need to pigeonhole yourself down when it comes to albums because you'll always be able to do what you want and then whatever you can't do on that project you can feed the streets through the features that will readily come to you all the time which i think is dope this guy thinks it's so slick what i do just shut up just shut up um uh, you know what the the only reason i'd say i can see why he'll change so I agree with you wholeheartedly. He definitely should not change. The only reason why, if he does change, I'll be able to somewhat say I, I could see it. I can somewhat see it coming. It's just because it's literally just because of Moon and no other reason. Because there's in the back of my head, there's always a world where once a big artist gets you to do one sort of vibe, there's all sort of um I don't know, man. In my head, it's like I can see a world where that artist now decides this is what I'm going to stick to. This is my current. This is the bag I'm going to stick to. Um, I hope he doesn't. I really hope he doesn't. But in that same world, I wouldn't be shocked if Sean Cia drops an album and the 80% of it is her just singing and not getting into her dancehall bag. I wouldn't be shocked because she sang on Kanye's album and it worked. You get what I'm saying? I get your hypothesis. I just don't. Mm. I, I, what evidence would you have to support that ever happening? That's the, it's happened. It definitely happened, but no names come to mind right now because you're putting me on the spot. It's happened. Ask me again next week. No. <laughs> I'm going to round us off here. This is Swangin' on West Timer. Going to five in the morning, I caught you yawning, yeah. I guess I can't get no easy. I know you need me. So we're sat here. The time is 8:02 p.m. Um, British summertime. 
on the 18th of October, 2021. Mm-hmm. And I'm scrolling through Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. And it is official. Kanye West has officially changed his name to Ye. Oh, I was hoping that was a meme. Because I could never get, I'll never be used to that. We'll see how we how we approach this. Because there's real there's a real part of me that still calls Diddy P Diddy. Yeah, but there's no there's no change. I mean, I call six like six like like your name is Kanye mm. West. Your mother named Kanye. I'm calling you Kanye. <laughs> um. I said your mother. <laughs> yeah, six like using six like as an example, and then saying your mother called you is crazy. Because yeah, your mother, mother your... did not call her six like. I'm sure she did. I'm <laughs> sure mother... she did. I'm sure she. If you can prove to me that she didn't. Then I'll say that I'm wrong, <laughs> but I don't believe you can prove to me that she didn't. I'm sure that guy has a very normal name, Christopher. <laughs> His name is Six Lack, and he needs to give me more music because it's still sad boy hours. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why people are pretending that it's not. Also, also, this is just a personal note between you and I, Marco. You're mm-hmm. not here right now. Between you and I, stop trying to out Brent me on our songs again. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely no, will. No, stop it. No, no stop I'm it. in stop my it. bag. No, stop it. You're, you will not out Brent me on my own song of the day. <laughs> the guy does not have four Brent songs lined no, up. No, no, no. <laughs> you won't. You won't. It's only because <laughs> it's only because Trey hadn't gone love in a long time that I didn't come back at you with deeper Brent. But if you try and out Brent me one more time, we'll have a Brent off on this podcast. Yeah. Fam, on a deeper note, by the way, we've been doing side boy hours on the on the story for a minute now, right? Mm-hmm. Fam, no one's no one's hit me up to check on my mental health, and um, <laughs> <laughs> it's alarming. It's alarming because I'm not going through anything. But if I was, if I was, is that how you guys would just leave me? <laughs> the thing is, yeah, that's see me. People know better because with me, you can't take anything I do online serious because mm-hmm. you don't know is he depressed, is he in love, does he need a hug, is it just jokes. Find out next week on Paul just be tweeting shit. <laughs> so you never, you never know. With me, you just know to ignore it until I literally am crying for help. But yeah, with you, that's very alarming. You should check your friends. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Because they should be able to know my pen as well. Look at my caption. D- bro, we literally, we literally have two completely different fonts. On <laughs> <laughs> song of the day. That's how people mess. Oh, this song was called. I was like, this wasn't me. It's very clearly. <laughs> we even have different shades of black as the background. But that's a different comment for another day. Um, track 47, man. Life of the Dawn. If you haven't listened to that album yet, I don't know what you're doing. Go out and listen to it. Um, <laughs> Or if you're not an album person, go out and listen to Moon um, and let Don Tolliver take you to the moon and be real. And I don't know. Someone should listen to Moon while on like illicit drugs and tell me how it feels. I'm personally not going to do it because I'm on a detox. But if I wasn't, I might try it. But someone should do it and, and tell me how it feels. Um, we're coming towards that time of the podcast where we start to wrap up, which usually takes us 25 to 30 minutes because we don't know how to end the shit. Um, but as we like to do, we like to end off with recommendations as is customary here in the podcast. And um, that is no different today. I'm going to start with you, Raheem. Your recommendation for the people at home? I do, man. I do. Earlier this week, um, as I was just chilling, relaxing at home, working in this very chair that I'm recording from right now, um, I had my phone on shuffle, as I tend to do every now and then. Um, something crazy happened, man. The DJ in my phone said, Raheem, I know you're working. I know this, these are business hours for you, but I need you to get hyped real quick. And he does, he went to the one song that without fail 
will always succeed in getting me unbelievably hyped for the rest of my day without fail. Never failed in its life. My DJ went straight to it ain't no fun if the mm. homies can't have none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it ain't no fun by Snoop Dogg, man. Corrupt um, and Nate Dogg and Warren G. Go listen to that, man. Go and have a good time for real, for real. Great vibes, keeping it well on brand with you, taking it all the way to the west west coast. Yes, sir. Uh, Marco, you got a recommendation for the people that they should hear? Um, I think it's got to be that new Conway, that piano love. Um, the alchemist went absolutely crazy with that piano riff, like that, that beat is a thing of beauty and that man deserves all the accolades that he gets because it's not it's not easy to capture an artist's sound as easily as the alchemist does but he does it with everybody like that little pack that he released not too long ago um there's a few tracks on there the one with vince staples this thing is ours part two yeah mm, great great little great little project that but yeah piano love Conway doing his Conway things, just going absolutely bananas on, on a beat. A ridiculous beat out of that. Conway's been special, like, all year. Special. Mm. Seriously special. Mm. And Alchemist has continued just his legendary status in the game. Doesn't change that. For me, Dreamville is in the house. I'm going to give you the album Gold Mouth by Lute. Um, Lute, if you remember, was one of the rappers on the song Under the Sun of the beginning of Dream Revenge of the Dreamers 3. He released his newest album Gold Mouth on October 4th. 13 songs, 43 minutes and 23 seconds. This is a sensational, sensational body of work. J.I.D.'s on there, Westside Boogie's on there, Irie Lennox, B.J. the Chicago Kid. Cause Saba, little brother. This is a special, special body of work. I recommend everyone to listen to this. Definitely one of my favorites as we round out this year as we head into the Two Stubborn Nigerian Awards. Yeah, we're gonna have to wrap up this whole podcast because I did not know that loot had dropped. Me, who's been waiting patiently, I didn't know he had dropped yet. <laughs> Man said, I've been patiently waiting. Look at you trying to steal my flow. From yeah. <laughs> Come on, that's a callback. That's a callback. <laughs> Wow, I didn't know Lou had dropped And I've been waiting, waiting That's crazy, let's wrap this up What, Nigerian ever carries last? <laughs> Is that my line? <laughs> before, before we do that, man um, Marco, once again Thank you so much for sitting down with us Thank you so much for being here And, and recording with us For as long as you have, man mm. um, It was great to get your insight And a different perspective on this album And this artist Um from both of us thank you for all the support you give us on the podcast um on um just in just in all you do so we, we appreciate it. and thank you for being here with us this is the first and many times we're gonna have you on as a yeah. guest on the two stubborn Nigerians podcast man so so keep keep prepped and be ready man you never know when you'll get that next call up because when you're on you gotta take that shot yeah man yeah man we have um, at least sorry we have at least like what Five episodes that we've already said, yeah, Marco has to be involved. Yeah, Marco is in that one. Marco's in that one. Like, Facts. Marco, again, just to double down on what Paul just said, fam, like, a lot of people are showing support for what, we, what we've been doing over the last year plus. Um, Marco, man, you've, the support that you've shown has been unreal, man. Unreal. Like, I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, really appreciate it. Oh, like, wow. it's crazy. 
No, it's a pleasure. Just because I know I was, I've said this, I said this to Paul off pod last week. Just like it's, I know exactly what it's like to be, to sort of try and create something, like be creative and be passionate about what you what you enjoy, and to put it out there, and just to have no expectations as to what people are going to react if they're going to react. And I mean, I mean, mine's a blog. And I know that it's difficult to get readers and stuff, but the fact that you guys come out and do this every week, deliver a, a, a healthy podcast every week, like plenty of content to get into, plenty of, plenty of, yeah, it's just absolute pleasure to be here. And I mean, you're only going to get better, man. From from where you started to where you are now, it's totally, it's, it's, it's two different people, like, and yeah, I'm I'm always going to be here to support you guys because not only do you just happen to be two incredibly sound motherfuckers, but you also you bring a level of humour that that just brings me back to how I felt at school, chatting shit about about music, regardless of who it was with. Mm. But yeah, you just it's just yeah, absolute pleasure. Always happy. Yo, Raheem, Raheem, clip that. Mm-hmm. Use it as promo. Clip that. Um, <laughs> now nah, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you, man. Uh, for real, this has been a good one. I really enjoyed it. I love when we do this, man. We're gonna have to do this more with just more people in general. Like mm-hmm. definitely Ramara, definitely Tommy, all these men. Just yeah. to get them on, talk about album artists that they love because I loved it when we did it with Daniel. Loved it mm-hmm. now when we done it with Marco. So it's always fun. Real quick, just do, before before I let Raheem sign us out here, two things. One. Sad Boy Hours ain't stopping, by the way. It's only going to get worse because Adele, mm-hmm. Scissor, and, and Summer Walker are dropping with the space of one month. And Ed Sheeran. And Ed Sheeran. So, Lord knows, we're going. this is oh. going to be... Hey, this is a one-way train to Sadville, okay? It's going to be a sad winter, boys. Yeah, it's going to be a real sad winter. <laughs> I'm channeling every heartbreak. Are you sick? Bro, and I know Good Days is going to be on that new Scissor album, and I haven't listened to Good Days since the day Good Days came out. So I'm about to have many bad days and I can't fucking wait. <laughs> uh, that's one. And two, listen, I don't say that. Uh, let me finish before you start saying I'm here. I need everyone to stop streaming Drake's album. This is the third time he stopped someone going from number one just because people keep streaming way too sexy. I know, me too. I'm way too sexy for this ice. But he stopped Baby Keem going one. He stopped Don going one. And he stopped someone else. I can't remember. Let, let other people go. I mean, Adele's going to come and stop everyone going number one, but that's fine. That's Adele. That's Adelaide. Ade, Ade so don't worry about it. No, no, stop this whole thing. What did I tell you about Interactive? No, no, it's over. What did I tell you about Interactive? Because we always take it too far. Yo, side us out, man. Side us out, side us out. Take us out. Yo. Adele. <laughs> I can't stand this guy. <laughs> Yo, are you playing us out? I am. Um, West Side God, Stove God Cooks, AZ, 99A Ricks. Ooh, and just like that, I can now say that Nigeria never carries last. <laughs>
realest shit I never wrote This the realest shit I never wrote Sunshine on my black skin Still got the birds going crazy, I'm tapped in We was all broke, past tense Now we dance bricks, Hermes, alligator jacket, the Mac 10 Backtracking my innocence Crack was the genesis G-Packs and Guinnesses Max on the premises All I envision is Stacks when I reminisce In the mix is mood swings You do things Chasing cheddar Better lace your shoestrings Few scheme Others hate In other states Your circle wrong Cases form another shape Off the Blake and set aside Look what arrived My deep presence with my mother eyes I come alive Undenied is ghost status The most dappest From old habits I wrote classics So graphic Lost feel They killed Will Poe dead Trapped at the 12 in the fest From a coke head Low vest Picture blurry Peep the obituary To fuck the world You gotta switch it for missionary Feds kick the door This the realest shit I never wrote Thank you.